Please be seated for our Bible reading. This morning's reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as had any need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Keith. Shall we pray together? Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding that your spirit will fall upon each one who hears this word to awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identity in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last Tuesday was the 100th anniversary of the birth of the British man who more than any Brit over the past 100 years has influenced the shape and the direction and the mission of not only the the British church, but also the worldwide church. He was a man called John Stott, who died 10 years ago. And when it came to the church, John Stott was always asking this question. What is God's vision for his church? What is God's vision for his church? Last Sunday we began a new series looking at that particular question. What is God's vision for his church? What is God's vision for us as his church as we move through these stages of this pandemic? And we began last week looking at the very first time the word church appears in our English New Testament. And we looked at that question of why is there a church? And we saw that when Jesus said those words for the very first time, the words church And all the way through the New Testament, the word church always refers to a community of people. A community of people whose identity is founded upon Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And a community of people who are being built by Jesus for his purpose. Jesus says, I will build my church. And when the church is being built by Jesus, it's the greatest movement of transformation On this earth, there is nothing that can match it. For the next four Sundays, what we're going to do is we're going to move on, exploring that question, what is God's vision for his church? By by looking in particular at this text and some other texts, what we see is the earliest application 
by the early church of Jesus' words. And each Sunday we'll look at a different mark, if you like, a different expression of what is God's vision for his church. In verse 42 we read there, that was the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So let's begin by looking at this mark of the church. To be devoted to the fellowship. And so as we begin, it wouldn't be, well, it would be wrong to not begin with a bit of Greek, would it? So here's what it means. Here's what it means to be devoted. The word devoted in the Greek is the word proskotereo. It means, if you like, to be fully committed to something. It means, if you like it, it, we might use an expression today, to be all in. To persist and persevere with something. To give oneself continually and steadfastly to something. That's what it means to be devoted. Here's what the word, the fellowship, means. It's the Greek word koinonia. And today's reading is the first time that it appears in our New Testament. It means what we share in common. As we see in today's context, it had a a spiritual benefit and also a material activity as well attached to it. And if we were to look through the pages of the New Testament, we'd see this word koinonia is used in three different ways to express a connection between the church for the church and to the church and remember when we talk about the church we talk about the people between each other to each other and for each other the early church expressed koinonia in their connection between one another in this sense they all shared in a common inheritance in words that perhaps we might find familiar today in the objective fact of the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. They had a connection between each other. They also, though, had a connection to each other. And that would be expressed all the times in all the modern, I think there's more than 65 references in the New Testament to the one another statements where it says, be kind to one another, be compassionate to one another, encourage each other, build each other up. It's those single-line statements that express the connection of how we treat and act towards one another. But also there was a connection for one another, which is actually the context in terms of what we see in today's passage. They lived a common life together, didn't they? In terms of material in terms of spiritual wealth. Clearly, if we look in verse 46, they weren't Marxists because it was a voluntary arrangement. And so when we look at this word koinonia, as we see in today's passage, it's clearly a word that was used to express something of where God's spirit was moving in his church. But we don't often use the word the fellowship today, do we? If we were to use a 21st century language word, what word might we use instead of the word koinonia to express this vision, God's vision for his church? 
And so perhaps the 21st century language word of what it means to be devoted to the fellowship is this. To be devoted to caring for one another. What does it mean to express God's vision for his church as koinonia, as a caring church? And so with the time that's left, I'm just going to run us through four ways, if you like, that we can express that koinonia in being a caring church. And to help us to remember each of the words, if you like, stand for a letter of the word care. So let's start with the word C. Here's what the word C stands for. If I was to ask you to read through the Gospels, I wonder which word and which emotion we'd find is the one that's most frequently attributable to Jesus in the Gospels. It's the word compassion. I'm not going to give you the Greek word for compassion because it's so hard to pronounce basically, that really I'd just make an embarrassment of myself. So I'm not going to do that. You see, it mean, but what it means is this. It means to operate not only in deeds of compassion or pity, but to also feel the pain of those hurting in such a way that it churns within us. We see this repeatedly in the life of Jesus, don't we? When the blind or the lame or the afflicted appealed to Jesus, there was something not only that sort of like led him to heal those people, but there was something that moved in his heart. Something that moved as if he felt a deep pity, a deep compassion for them as well. So when two blind men in Matthew 20 appealed for their sight, or when the leper appeals for cleansing, in Mark chapter 1, or this time without any plea, in Luke chapter 7, when the distressed widow, sort of like Jesus just sees this distressed widow, they all set Jesus' heart throbbing with pity. And of course, what we remember is this, Jesus is the perfect human being. The perfect human being. And we are his body now, are meant to represent him. And if we're honest, what dulls, if you like, what cools our compassion to not be compassionate like Jesus is, our, is just our sin. You see, a caring church is a compassionate church. They're devoted to compassion. Here's what the letter A stands for. Appreciate. A very simple way that we can express God's vision for his church by being devoted to caring for one another is to appreciate one another. It's to say the words thank you to someone, whether in person or in a note or in a phone call. You see, from reading the the New Testament, what we find is this, that a church to me, out of all those letters that we have about the individual churches in the New Testament, one of the ones that I think perhaps is the most caring from reading through the letter is the church at Thessalonica, where we find this verse, give thanks in all circumstances. I wonder if how much we realize giving thanks is how beneficial it can be to each one of us. If we were to go and make a doctor's appointment and say to our, our, our doctor, 
and say to him or her, what's the benefit of saying thank you? What they'll tell you from all their medical research is that by saying thank you regularly will lead a healthier life. I wonder though if we were then to go and see a therapist and say, well, if I say thank you regularly, what difference does it make to my life? And what the therapist will say to us is that saying thank you regularly will lead to us living a happier life. I wonder though if we were then to go and knock on a, maybe a consultant's room like a neurobiologist and to say to them, what difference would it make to my life by saying thank you regularly? And what the neurobiologist will, will say to us is this from all their research on the brain. It will change our lives for the better. Of course, we could go into a bookshop, couldn't we? Or we could watch a podcast or a video or whatever. Or we could read a newspaper article from some secular self-help guru who now say to us, because they've joined the party late, of course, that saying thank you regularly improves our emotional well-being. And of course, we could have saved all ourselves the money from going to see the doctor or from going to see the therapist, or from going to see the neurobiologist, or from going to see the secular self-help guru. Because we could just read this book, and it would tell us exactly the same. Because saying thank you is a condition of our hearts, which is a barometer of our spirituality, and will just lead a health, holier life as well. Appreciation changes our behavior for the better. A caring church is one in which is devoted to one another in appreciation towards one another. Here's what the letter R stands for. It stands for remember. You see, another simple way that we can express God's vision for his church by being devoted to caring for one another is to remember one another. You know, we're, we're perhaps feeling a little more comfortable now returning to this building on a on a Sunday morning. And of course, we're, we're still at some strange times and we're not quite sure as we look around, well, who might be here, who might not be here. But maybe cast your minds back more than 14 months and think, right, who might not be here at a service that I regularly might go to? And think, I wonder where they are. And maybe go home from here and ring them up and say something like we missed you this morning it's amazing what sort of responses you get when you do that and then when it might be appropriate practice what the letter E stands for in expressing God's vision for his church which is to encourage one another you see to encourage means to put courage into someone that might be having a difficult time it may have been a big thing for you to come this morning. Thank you. You see, for all sorts of reasons, there are still many church members who are perhaps finding it difficult to come to a service. You know, it might be one of your friends who's finding it difficult or who'd never come to church before and invite them along. You know, all God asks is that we invite you know, people can still be feeling vulnerable. They may be lonely. They may be feeling forgotten. They may, they may be depressed. They may have simply just got out the habit 
It's where we then need to be that great example of encouragement in the early church of Barnabas, who saw a struggling Paul and a, and a struggling John Mark and helped them to find strength in God. You know, I often wonder, I doubt whether Paul would have written all those letters. Or I doubt John Mark's influence later on in writing Mark's gospel might not have occurred without the Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who practiced, or perhaps that caring church, the Thessalonica, to encourage one another and build each other up to lead a life worthy of God. Four marks of what it means to be devoted to the fellowship, to express God's vision in terms of being a caring church, in terms of being a compassionate church, an appreciative church, a remembering church, and an encouraging church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.